Hello, Duck fans. Good morning. I'm Jordan Long, your host, and this is Locked on Ducks. You can always find me on Twitter at the Dust Off Guy, and you can follow the show at Locked on Ducks. You know, we're still working on a new format here where I'm being a bit more extemporaneous, working from notes instead of being a bit more scripted. So, appreciate your patience with that. Feedback is always welcome. As we talked about yesterday, the Pac-12 tournament begins this weekend for women's basketball. We're going to be trying to bring in some shows as the weekend games are played the following morning so we don't have to do the full recap on Monday, and hopefully we're going to be able to make that happen. Uh, Another note, uh, I do like to inject history and context into things. Uh, Part of that is for newer listeners or people who may not understand things, and we can always refer back to that in later shows, right? So... Uh, today I'm going to talk a little bit about the Wooden Award, for example. It's the only time I talk about it. Uh, and then in a future show, I can always refer back to this one. and People can come back and listen to it for the details. Today, we're going to be talking about some notes from around the league. Then we're going to finish wrapping up our combine discussion from yesterday. We covered some, but not all of the players. Obviously, Justin Herbert's been getting the lion's share of discussion time. And the ones we're going to talk about today are... Pretty much tight end Jake Breland and the rest of the offensive linemen that are in the draft. And then, it uh, towards the end of the show, we're going to talk about the receivers group. And uh, today's obviously the first day of spring training for football. And we w- I want to get into all the different groupings and talk about potential starters and depth chart all the way down to the lowest man and the new signees. But today we're going to be starting with the receivers group. You can always reach the show for questions and comments with the hashtags AskLodPod. That's hashtag AskLodPod on Twitter. Send in comments, questions. We'll talk about them on the show. We have a Monday mailbag session. And I'm always open for suggestions, criticisms, critiques on how to improve the show, make the experience more fun for everybody. Please click, subscribe, or follow on whatever platform you listen to podcasts on. And if you're listening to Apple Podcasts, go ahead and rate five out of five stars. It's a great way to support the show. I really appreciate it. And if you don't think I deserve five out of five stars, leave five anyway and put in a review how we can improve the show. And I'll make sure uh, I look into it and see if we can try and get it fixed for you. But for now, on to the action. Before we talk about wrapping up the combine, I do want to address some notes from around the league. Peyton Pritchard was named as one of five finalists for the 2020 Bob Cousy Award. The Bob Cousy Award is for the top point guard in the country. And actually, this is the first time uh, an Oregon Duck has been named the finalist. And it'll be decided on Monday, so we're definitely going to report on that. But the Bob Cousy Award is given out by the Nysmith Memorial Basketball Hall of Fame and named after six-time NBA champ and point guard for Boston Celtics, Bob Cousy. A list of players is nominated by head coaches and the National Association of Basketball Coaches and the College Sports Information Directors of America. Okay, I think they have an acronym for that. A screening committee then selects 12 D1 players 
and two each from Division Two and Division Three schools. A uh, 30-member committee appointed by the Hall of Fame then picks the winning player. Uh, this year it's going to be on April 10th. The committee has head coaches, media members, Hall of Famers, and of course Bob Cousy himself. And Pritt actually has uh, long been a finalist for the Wooden Award. And the Wooden Award, uh, of course, is named after legendary Indiana State and UCLA coach Bob Wooden. Won 10 NCAA championships for UCLA and was the first man inducted into the Naismith Hall of Fame. The awards national advisory board is a 26-member panel that selects 20 candidates for player of the year and All-American team honors. Students must be full-time, have an average GPA of 2.0 or higher, and candidates make exceptional defense and offensive contributions to play. They're model citizens who demonstrate character on and off the court. The winners are going to be announced before the NCAA tournament, and a thousand sports writers and sportscasters from across all 50 states are going to vote on the finalists. The top 10 vote-getters are the All-American team, and the top vote-getter is announced as Player of the Year. The All-American team is announced after the Elite Eight, and the Player of the Year is announced after the championship game. The trophy's real neat looking. It's got this wooden base, but on the top are these five bronze figures in different basketball positions, and they supposedly represent the five skills Coach Wooden uh, always espoused made up the, the complete player. Rebounding, passing, shooting, dribbling, defense. And in other news around the Pac-12, there's been a little to-do over at USC. The athletic director, Mike Bond, said that, quote, all options are on the table if CBS were to approach the Trojans with a sort of Notre Dame-type television deal. You see, the Pac-12 has apparently had this pretty poor image uh, around the around NCAA. In fact, last January, that's January 2019, Pac-12 went into full crisis mode, sending notice to all the athletic directors and chancellors in the conference in, in order that they create a unified message that that is the best way to strengthen this broken brand that, that was the Pac-12. Now, California, as we know, recently passed a law that allows its college players to make money off of their image and branding. So this is this is kind of a big deal. Uh, I guess uh, Mike Bond's been on the job for a few months, already starting to shake things up. And kind of my question out there, and, you know, hit up Twitter, uh, hashtags AskLodPod, but my question is, should U of O President Michael Schill follow USC and sort of try and separate ourselves from the Pac-12, um, if not in actuality, in spirit. So just something that's been going on, uh, kind of interesting note there. But getting to the players that we didn't get to yesterday, let's start with Shane Lemieux. Uh, he presented himself at the Combine as a guard, weighed, measured, tested, and went through the drills. He's being called the Iron Man because of his durability. He hasn't missed a practice. He hasn't missed a game yet. He's he called himself this when they asked him about why he's you know maintains this Iron Man image, why it's important to him to be there. He says he's a team guy, and it's actually about not letting his teammates down. He was working with former Pro Bowl center uh, guard LaCharles Bentley who runs the O-Line Performance Center in Chandler, Arizona. So apparently uh, Shane wanted to develop some versatility. He worked on snapping balls, and and this 
O-Line Performance Center, or as it's known, the LBOLP, is an invitation-only training facility designed around the needs of NFL offensive linemen. Uh, Bentley opened it in 2012. It's actually nationally recognized, uses the latest technology, and is considered an authority on the offensive line and O-line development. Shane skipped the All-Star Games in order to go to this and develop himself and his technique for the Combine. Uh, Aaron Fentress from The Athletic said that uh, if Shane could play center, he'd be a coveted commodity, so that may be the reason to go refine his technique and work on snapping balls. Who knows? He did run the 40 and 5, uh, 5'11", which puts him in 11th place among all offensive linemen. Uh, one of the issues, though, is that with a 25.5-inch vertical, a 4.9 shuttle time, and a 8.17-second three-cone, He's among the worst uh, in the offensive linemen in, in the, at the Combine. He should still be a day two or early day three pick. And the Draft Network's mock draft machine still has him going. In fact, a few that I did right around 122nd to the Seahawks, kind of in that neighborhood. Uh, Jake Hansen went as a center, presented, weighed, tested, drilled, whole nine yards. Uh, there were some questions about his strength. NFL media's Lance Zerlin uh, is just one example. He said that that Jake lacks the power and mass, and that's a concern for next-level prospects. But I think he put all that to rest with having the fourth-highest bench press reps uh, among offensive linemen with 33. He also attended the LBOLP with Shane, and he actually got down to 21% body fat while putting on 11 pounds of muscle. He weighed in at the combine at 303 pounds. He did some cross training while he was in Arizona in the guard position. When the issue of skipping the All-Star Games came up for him, uh, Jake said that he's played against plenty of tough opponents and there's actually plenty of tape to make his case and that he didn't need to appear in the All-Star Game to show what he can do against tough opponents and that attending the LBOLP was a priority for him. He wanted to focus on strength training and address those concerns about his strength and mass. So, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm a little worried. You know, Jake Hansen's stock fell a little bit there, but uh, the Draft Network, Mock Draft Machine, 193rd to the Redskins. I think he's, it's safe to say he's going to go in the late 6th, if not 7th rounds on, uh, on day 3. As for Calvin Throckmorton, appeared as left tackle, uh, he went through all the testing and measurements and everything. He did attend the East-West Shrine game and, and also went to the Senior Bowl. And for him, he said, quote, both were additional opportunities to learn from different opponents and show his competition, or rather his ability to compete. He is actually getting a degree in human physiology and wants to be a doctor someday. He considers himself to be what he calls an intelligent surgeon when he's at work on the offensive line. He's played all five positions, mostly at tackle, guard, a little bit at center. He wants to play guard, which is, I think, a better fit for the NFL. There are concerns about his overall athleticism, but I think he's definitely going to get drafted, again, probably on day three. Uh, we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, I'm going to wrap it up with uh, tight end Jake Breland, and then we're going to talk about the prospects, or not the prospects, but the uh, upcoming class for today's spring practice. Welcome back to Locked on Ducks. My name is Jordan Long. 
We just finished talking about the Combine and wrapping up the last few draft prospects that we haven't talked about yet, uh, or didn't talk about yesterday, excuse me. We're going to be talking about them a lot. We got Pro Day coming up on the 12th. We're going to have some updated scores from there, and we're going to continue to update draft stock on our Ducks as uh, the process moves forward into April. Now we're going to preview some of the receivers who are going to be starting in today's training camp, or maybe not starting, but at least going to be competing for starting jobs. Uh, just a little side note, I'm going to be going into a lot of background, like where they went to high school and height, weight, that kind of thing. And uh, we're going to be getting into X's and O's and talking schemes down the road, but we're always going to be able to refer back to these episodes to build a foundation so that as the Ducks who cycle through the team over the years, we really get to know them, their ins and outs, get to know everything about our, our, our local boys here. Juwan Johnson is a great receiver, but kind of a short timer here. We talked about his fate yesterday on the podcast. I think that the team is in good hands. There are some uh, talented receivers moving up. Most of the playing time so far for returning receivers has gone to Johnny Johnson, uh, the third, we're going to call him JJ3, Jalen Red, Micah Pittman. These guys got are fast, got great hands. They lack a little bit of size. But Devin Williams, Spencer Webb, who's a tight end, uh, Brian Addison, they're going to be really helping address the size concerns moving forward. Uh, let's start with JJ3. Uh, where's the number three? By the way, the numbers came out at the beginning of the week, so we know what numbers they're going to be wearing moving forward in practice. JJ3 is number 23, six foot, 199 pounds senior from Chandler High School in Arizona. Uh, I mentioned yesterday that I used the 24-7 sports uh, composite rate rating because that one is an amalgam of all of the rating systems that are out there. So 24-7 sports composite has him as a three-star uh, prospect. As far as I could tell from his high school tape, he's got this aggressive nose-down running style where he can barrel through tacklers. He likes to he, he has great length laying out for the catch. For his high school, uh, Chandler had a kind of a varied route tree. You don't see that as much at some of these high schools. He's got great deep speed and exceptional athleticism. He actually had offers from UNLV, Michigan State, but he signed with Oregon February of 2017, enrolling in July. Watching his tape at Oregon so far, he gets open. His ability to get open is pretty good in his route running is effective. He has the good moves to make people miss. And this kind of confirms what we saw on his high school tape. He's especially the part where he's very physical and hard to bring down. His ball tracking skills are good. He's got strong hands. I mean, at one point he's dragging three tacklers into the end zone from the 10 yard line. Uh, when the pocket breaks down, he's good at identifying that when that happens and then moving to get open for a quarterback that's trying to find an open receiver. He had modest freshman and sophomore years, uh, playing in all 26 games, 38 receptions, 514 yards, 5 touchdowns. But last year, he had a career year as a junior, playing 14 games, and had 57 receptions, 836 yards with 7 touchdowns. And this guy averages over 14 yards per catch in three years with a long reception of 73 yards. This is pretty impressive. It's a, it's someone who can not only 
find himself open and catch the ball, but get those yards after catch that we really want. Now, Mike Kelly from fishduck.com compares him to DeFonte Adams, that they have similar skill set, similar athleticism, and they're really good at tough catches. Both Devonta Adams and JJ3 started playing very early and have relatively a lot of experience for their position. I mean, the kind of experience you can get in high school, obviously, but they both have good hands and are great at uh, the high point, very athletic. Next up, I want to talk about Brian Addison, number 80, sophomore, very tall wide receiver, six foot five. And that's almost too tall, right? 190 pounds. Uh, the 24-7 Sports Composite has him as a four-star recruit from Junipero High School in Gardena, California. As a high school senior, he had 46 receptions for 582 yards and nine touchdowns. He also played safety at 44 tackles and five interceptions. He was rated as the number one recruit out of California. And in that particular Oregon Duck recruiting class, he was rated only higher by Panay Sewell. After watching his high school highlights, he's got huge length, making these one-handed catches. He's got solid footwork when he does comeback routes and switches directions. He's hurdling other players. Uh, he does two-way playing safety and getting interceptions. He's aggressive tackler, got good vision. So he obviously likes, they were using him kind of as this box safety. As a receiver, got the toe swag, gets himself open with moves. And just showing off these one-handed catches. He had offers from USC, Nebraska, Oklahoma, Washington, Ohio State, Michigan, ASU. He actually committed to UCLA uh, before decommitting and recommitting to the U of O in July 2018. And he enrolled the next day. He said that he didn't get a chance to decide about whether or not to be a safety or a wide receiver. That... Coach Cristobal just watched him do both and said he fit better in the offense. In his freshman year, he caught one pass for 12 yards against Portland State University in 2018 and then was suspended for a couple of weeks for violating team policy. Since then, he's been stellar and a top performer. He actually bulked up 10 pounds since the first year. And as a redshirt freshman last year, it's 2019, he played in 14 games. Got 18 receptions for 203 yards and a touchdown. He's used very effectively to get first downs that year. Watching his Oregon highlight reel, he catches through contact really well, has very sure hands. He's athletic enough to slip tackles, staying upright really well for how, how, high, how tall he is. He's clearly very strong for his 190 pounds. In fact, DraftScout.com has him estimated at a 4.5440 time which is actually really good when you think about how tall he is. Remember we were talking about Juwan Johnson, how tall he is, and if he could run uh, down in the 4.4s, that'd be great. And he ended up running a 4.58. So 4.54 uh, for a guy this size is pretty good. And as a sophomore, he's got a lot of room to develop. Next up, I want to talk about Jalen Red, fast wide receiver. Number 30, he's a senior, 5'8", 180 pounds. 24-7 Sports Composite had him as a four-star recruit from Rancho Cucamonga High School. He's from Carson, California. Uh, he played wide receiver. He played running back. He played cornerback, and uh, he was even a kick returner. He did have offers from multiple schools, including Oklahoma, Notre Dame, Michigan. And after watching his high school senior highlight tape, 
He's receiving handoffs, got great athleticism and juking ability, very shifty, and fast, fast, fast. Outrunning guys clearly on tape, so he, he appears to have another gear that he can get into, and he's kick, uh, returning kicks for touchdowns, receiving uh, catches as well, running routes really well, weaving through the middle, doing these shallow crossers, hurt, hurtling guys. He can run the length of the field at speed, very shifty, very elusive, and continues to find a route when he gets bumped out of a, a hole. He started as a slot receiver and a running back uh, for Oregon, and when Dylan Mitchell got drafted by the Vikings in the seventh round back in 2019 draft, Red filled in and did it very well. And since taking over for the slot in 2018, he's had 88 receptions for 898 yards, 12 touchdowns, averaging over 10 yards per carry. Last year, he also ran for 10 yards with two touchdowns on six carries. Against USC, uh, he showed his usefulness. I, I watched this one. He was catching out in the flat as well as very elusive in avoiding tackles in those short and goal situations. He did sit out of the Rose Bowl due to, quote, personal reasons. And Micah Pittman got the start, who we're going to talk about in a second. But uh, Jalen Red's back and ready for spring practice and looking good going forward. I got to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to pick up where we left off with Micah Pittman. Welcome back. This is Locked on Ducks, and I'm your host, Jordan Long. We've been talking about the receiver group for today's, uh, the beginning of today's spring practice. We talked a lot about starters so far, and we're going to wrap that up with Micah Pittman, and then we're going to talk about some of the depth players. So Micah's got number four this year, sophomore, 5'11", 198 pounds from Tampa, Florida. He was a highly rated four-star, uh, uh, 24-7 composite rating from Calabasas High School. He was a consensus top three wide receiver in all of California that year. And over his three-year career in high school, he had 177 receptions, 3,129 yards, and 32 touchdowns. Very prolific, very productive receiver. The tale of the tape from high school is that he's fast, really effective at planting his feet and changing direction, crossing the field for touchdowns. Good jump and high point catch abilities. Very athletic in that regard. He can get downfield very fast. His kick returns were involved a lot of weaving and crossing the field twice for a touchdown. I mean, we're talking horizontally back and forth. He uses his lower body to put defenders off target, which is great. He knows how to get open on routes. Lays out for catches using, you know, making his 5'11 stature seem much, much longer than it is. He makes multiple types of catches and had a very dynamic playbook for a high school. He did have offers from USC, Colorado, Oregon State, Boston College, Michigan State, Notre Dame, Alabama, Florida. Ended up committing to Oregon in July 2018 and signed with the team for the December class and enrolled in April of last year. He did miss the first four games due to a right shoulder injury that he got during fall camp. And then he missed six weeks later in the season due to a broken arm. In all, he played seven games, getting 18 receptions, 227 yards, two touchdowns, with 12.6, a little over 12.5 yards per catch. His highlight reel from last season shows a solid route running, improved precision from what I saw in high school, which was very good, and he's still very, very fast. If he can stay healthy going forward, he's going to develop even more, and his contributions are going to be huge. 
Uh, next, we're going to talk about Lance Wilhoit. I think he's uh, uh, second or third behind JJ3 uh, in the depth chart. Wearing the number 86, a redshirt freshman. He stands at 6'3", 176 pounds. Going to be looking for that to fill out a bit as he grows and develops. He's from Nashville, Tennessee, and was a four-star composite from the 24-7 sports ranking from Franklin Road Academy. He was injured in high school and set out most of his senior year, and his junior year was his best uh, uh, in high school with 69 receptions, over 1,000 yards, and 13 touchdowns. Watching his high school highlight reel, he does these leaping one-handed catches, uses his size to outmatch defenders, which is really nice. He's got decent athleticism for a, for a guy his height, and he knows, it was interesting, he knows when to slow up or, or speed up to get to catch a ball that's been thrown slightly off. Uh, he can catch the ball on the run well, backpedals with precision while tracking the ball. He can do a lot of downfield blocking using the power that he has. And he's got good speed burst once he sees an open lane to take. He also played corner in high school, had multiple interceptions, good ball tracking, and knowing how to get on the inside of the receiver when he was playing cornerback. So I think those things lend himself to a very smart athletic profile. He had offers from dozens of schools, including Mississippi State, LSU, Georgia, Ohio State, Florida, Miami, Penn State, Clemson. He ended up committing to Oregon in... June of last year. He was part of 2018's December signing class and enrolled last July. He spent his true freshman year out. He was injured with a hamstring, but with this year's competition that we're getting with the departure of Juwan Johnson and a whole new quarterback, whole new offensive coordinator, there's going to be an emphasis on competition, an emphasis on learning a new play style, a new scheme. And Cristobal says he hopes Will Hoyt's going to continue, quote, making these big plays in camp, which he noticed from last year, and that it's time to buckle up and get ready to bring it. So next up, I want to talk about Devin Williams, number two sophomore, 6'5", 200 pounds, from Lancaster, California. He was a four-star, uh, 24-7 sports composite rating, but his rating was .9791, and .98 is a five-star threshold. And because this is a composite rating from multiple ratings uh, uh, websites, getting to that .98 five-star threshold is really difficult. So, so Devin Williams was essentially a five-star recruit out of Antelope Valley High School. And he rivals actually had him as the top-ranked athlete in the country in 2018. He played quarterback, wide receiver. He played on defense. As a quarterback, he had 1,150 yards, 11 touchdowns, and only four interceptions. He also rushed for 397 yards off 72 carries with three touchdowns. During his senior year, in receiving, he caught 71 passes for almost 1,200 yards, had 13 touchdowns. Playing defense, he had six interceptions, which included a pick six, and 67 tackles. His high school highlight video just didn't disappoint. It just went on from there. He knows how to get open, got great high point ability, got that toe swag along the sideline, hurdling guys, playing through to the whistle, which I really like to see, fast and open space, good downfield blocking as well. He's got great length. He's a smart, crisp route runner, very slippery runner, and he reads his own quarterbacks really well. And, and I, that probably comes from being such an effective cornerback as well. He had offers from Nebraska, Notre Dame, Cal, Oregon State, UCLA, Florida State. He actually played his freshman year at USC, and he transferred to the University of Oregon last September. 
while he was at USC, he played in 12 games, but only really was active in two of them. Against Oregon State University, he had three receptions for 77 yards and a touchdown. And against Notre Dame, he returned a block pump for a touchdown. He has redshirt status during his first year here and enters this season as a, as a sophomore ready to play. I think his length make him a great natural backup for Addison, but the way he can stretch the field, he's useful on both sides. The next depth piece I want to talk about is Isaiah Crocker, number 88 sophomore, 6'1", 175 pounds from Sacramento, California. He's a four-star composite ranking out of Endericum High School. In high school, he had 16 receptions, I'm sorry, 60 receptions for over 1,600 yards and 25 touchdowns. As a senior, he rushed for 218 yards off 17 carries with four touchdowns. And as a, as a defender, he has 11 interceptions, 67 tackles, and two kickoffs returned for touchdowns. Watching his high school tape, he's very shifty and quick. He has the speed to create separation, not just from scheme, not just from moves, but the speed. And when he's out in the open, he kicks it into another gear. Watched his kick returns for touchdowns, making people miss with his feet, making people miss with his speed. He had offers from Notre Dame, Alabama, Arizona, among others. He committed to the University of Oregon in January of 2018, signed with us in February, and then enrolled uh, that summer. So he sat out his first year as a redshirt freshman, and I think he'll be competing with Lance Wilhoit as a backup to JJ3. And also, you know, kind of a one of these, a lot of gadgetry going on here. It'll be very interesting to see if Joe Moorhead is interested in using some of these former quarterbacks, former cornerbacks as in various ways. So we'll be looking for that this year. Next up is Josh Delgado, number 83, sophomore, 5'11", 185 pounds from Carson. Four-star recruit composite out of the IMG Academy in Florida. Now, the, the IMG Academy is a state-of-the-art training facility and athletic and education institution that's designed not only to educate college athletes, but train them to be top prospects as well. In high school, he had 22 receptions for 326 yards, five touchdowns, and NFLDraftScout.com has him in the four fours for his 40 time, which is doggone fast and very impressive. For this young man, he's got a, a long way to go in college, and if he can develop this, this fast profile, it's going to be impressive. Watching his high school tale of the tape, he's a kind of an under-the-radar player very quick very athletic explosive but he's got that deep threat speed and he can add the moves and he's quick enough to be effective in jet motion as well as on those deep balls so I think Cristobal and Moorhead are going to find a great way to use a guy like this coming out of the IMG Academy at offers from Purdue Colorado UCLA USC Washington Arkansas he signed with us in December of 2018 and enrolled in January of last year. He played in 13 games last year as a low-key presence on the field. Only 11 receptions for 147 yards. But he's going to be exciting to watch going forward. And go, moving forward, we're going to continue to introduce the players that are coming onto the squad this season. We're also going to be watching the guys we're talking about to see how they progress through the spring training camp, what comes up, and how they're doing. Then I think this is going to do it for today. We talked about the combine. We wrapped that up and we will be watching that going forward. We previewed the 2020 pre, uh, spring practice roster. And next time we're going to be finishing up the rec receiver group 
uh, doing tight ends, maybe throwing in some running backs. And we're going to get into the X's and O's and the details later. But when I introduce these people for the spring training camp and the spring practices, I want to go ahead and start with the base of their, their basic stats, what high school they went to, the recruiting process. And then we're going to build from there as the season goes on and they become starters and backups. So my name is Jordan Long, and you can find me on Twitter at the Dustoff Guy. This has been Locked On Ducks. You can find the show on Twitter at Locked On Ducks, and you can reach the show with questions, comments. Please let me know how I'm doing. Remember, we're trying this new format where I'm being a bit more extemporaneous, and it runs quite a bit longer than I'm used to with the scripted stuff. So you can reach out to me uh, using the hashtags AskLodPod. That's hashtag AskLodPod. And we'll do questions on our Monday mailbag, and we're always open to comments, critiques, and suggestions. Please click the subscribe button or the follow button on whatever podcast platform you listen to. And if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, go ahead and rate five out of five stars, please. And if you don't think I get five out of five, please leave five stars anyway. But make sure you include a review, and I'll read that review and then improve upon whatever you uh, you suggest. So from now, have a great day, and go Ducks! Go Ducks!